Hello, Audrey. Hello, Kayla. It's It's been a while. Has it? It's Mordor, she wrote. No, not real. It is Mordor, she wrote. We're back talking Tolkien. And we are on chapter three. Three is company, yes. I believe. Kayla has never read Lord of the Rings or seen the movies and basically miraculously knows very little about this series and i'm on read number pick a number i've read it a lot so um we we go through you should just give them a random number every, every time. Single time just be like read 53 yes. read 13 could very well be who knows uh the 1000 i mean if you count each individual time that i've read a tolkien property book then we're probably bridging on a hundred something so it do be like that. I'm just, I'm just having a side note real fast. I'm amazed at how insulated I have been from the Lord of the Rings. I do really. In my lifetime. I'm trying like, to I had, I had, I've had that thought um, while I was reading chapter three. And I was like, wow, how did I go almost 30 years of my life with never having read one of these books? Or seen the movies is the thing that, that kills me because they were like wildly I mean, I, popular. There was that one attempt in high school, but I got violently ill. Yeah. And I was running a fever, apparently, through half of that experience and slept through the other half. So I basically have not seen it. I mean, I I can thank my obsession with being uh, 10 years old and at my cousin's house and fell in love with uh, one character that will not be named yet. Um, because the movie was on the screen and then immediately went home and uh, got on the internet to find out what it was. And then that year, my birthday was Lord of the Rings themed, so. (laughs) Yes. I'm guessing it's Orlando Bloom's character. Correct. You got it. You knew it. It was a good good series of years for Orlando Bloom, Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean. I watched Elizabeth Town and it was terrible. Like, I really liked him. And now he's married to Katy Fun Perry. Fact, Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth Town is where we get the phrase "manic pixie dream girl" from. I learned that recently. That was the originator of that, for real. Somebody wrote a review, and Kirsten Dunst's character is cited as the uh, the first documented manic pixie dream girl. That's awesome. I, I did need not to fact check that, of course, but I'm fairly certain. I didn't know that's where the that. phrase came from, but that's very cool. I mean, yeah. she was for real in that movie. It do be like that. But anyway, but maybe I we're here to maybe we're here to talk about talk Tolkien about and not Orlando Lord Bloom. Of the Rings. <laughs> uh, we'll just do a bonus episode about Orlando oh Bloom. Oh my gosh. I could do a bonus episode about almost everyone in the cast because I went down a rabbit hole of being like, what else have they been in? How much of it can I watch being too young to watch a lot of Vigo Mortensen's catalog? Like uh, yeah. anyway. What happens in this chapter? So I started to get in my feelings a little bit for Frodo because um, when the chapter opens, he has made zero strides towards actually leaving Hobbiton um, or Bag End. Bag End is the name of the house, correct? Correct. It's like okay. it's like an estate name or like a manor name. Like if you name your house, which is like a more common thing in Europe yes. than the U.S. Yes, yes, yes. Unless you live on a ranch. Um, he, is made, he hasn't made many strides towards leaving and Gandalf tells him, to be careful and suggest that he and Sam head for Rivendell, which I have been, I have seen Rivendell in my um, Hobbit experience. 
Yes. So I believe Rivendell is a home of the elves, the house of Elrond, ha- Elrond half elven. Um, yes. And I believe I have met Elrond before. Uh, I'm trying to think. He's, they, in, he's, the Hobbit, he's in the Hobbit movies. I just don't remember if he's in the book, actually. His name is mentioned. I know for a fact his name is mentioned. Okay. I trust you. You're the you're the Tolkien expert. I know, but I haven't read The Hobbit in ages because it's a kid's story. So I know it's adorable. It's very good, but um, been a, been a little while. Um, I have the Sackville Baggins. Ah, the return. Finally, get the house. The return so of the Sackville Baggins. The, the Mooching cousins who have had their eye on Bag End for years. Um, Frodo finally decides to sell the house and everything in it except for, like, some of the wine and various knickknacks. They are happy to finally get their little hobbit hands on Bag End. Yes. Um, And I have Sam and Frodo are, quote, going to live on the far end of the Shire. So um frodo has started putting it about that he has bought a new house far far away they are packing up to go and um sam has decided to keep his job um as the gardener for frodo um i'm just i'm just gonna put it out there this this is incredibly gay to me and not in a derogatory way i'm just like oh their relationship seems very very close and like later in the chapter they talk about how much they love each other it do, it do be like that, and he is willing to pick up and move his entire life for a man he has just done the gardening and lawn mowing for. I'm sorry, I, but none I wrote, of that is it gay devotion. or is it classism? Because if it is, I don't know. Because if it is like the hierarchy of people, and like Frodo is wealthy, even with selling his stuff, even more potentially with selling his stuff. Uh, and Sam is yes. of the working class, then that might not be unheard of. So I don't really know. It probably would but behoove I, me to know the like historical context with, within, within which Tolkien was trying to present this, because he certainly yes. wasn't trying to present them as gay. Um, I I know he wasn't, but I like to believe it in my own heart. I mean, I um, love that, that interpretation. I love it. Um, given Tolkien's Catholic background, I'm willing to doubt it. Yeah. But in my head... It makes me happy. Honestly, it a lot of their interactions are are just really they're very good if you read it that way. So yes, I'm not going to discourage you. Um, so yes, Frodo is very much like me making plans to go anywhere or do anything. Um, we have to sit and think about it for a while, and then we make some strides towards getting prepared, and then we have to get ourselves mentally prepared for the next stride. So even after he sells the house. Um, he dawdles for a little bit and yeah he has um, the birthday party months, yeah he has the birthday party yes. and Gandalf goes away again and and he's like I'll be back before you leave and then and he's like okay finally Frodo's like okay I'm gonna hang out as long as I can and then he like he's waited long enough um, I have written down that on page 72 it's the it says the road goes on forever and I was like poor Frodo um yeah um i have yeah so before frodo leaves he's been hanging out waiting for gandalf to show up uh postponed is leaving a little bit and he overhears gaffer which is sam's dad 
um, talking to someone who seems to be asking about him and Sam. Um, but Gaffer, not knowing that they postponed their plan, says, no, they're already gone. They're at Crick Hollow in Buckland. Um, and... Yeah. Yes. Could this be foreshadowing? It is. I will confirm that for you this time because it's about to come up in this chapter. Yes. Um, there is a spot. So Pippin, I believe Mary and Pippin are coming along, but Pippin, or not Pippin, Mary has taken the cart on ahead, the cart full of stuff. So he's driving the moving truck and everybody else is just going to walk. Yes. Um, in today's terms. I have the, there is such a sweet, moment right here for sam and pippin um they've left on their journey and it's like i think it's the first night that they're gonna spend out on the road um sam and pippin are sitting out on top of this hill and pippin is looking behind them and he's looking at the shire and he's really sad about leaving everything he's ever known and sam is looking forward at the horizon and he is excited for his next um step in the adventure and yes actually i want to find where they talk about something for a second i'm gonna go find that quote sure um so tolkien does another one of his fun little uh asides here where the first night that they're all sleeping yes. they've set no watches they're sleeping in the hollow of this tree that's really snug and a fox wanders by and sees them sleeping and uh, he thinks yes. we get the we get the fox's thoughts for a second here. Hobbits, what next? I've heard of strange doings in this land, but I've seldom heard of a hobbit sleeping out of doors under a tree. Three of them. There's something mighty queer behind this. He was quite right, but he never found out any more about it. <laughs> and I just love that little sure. little tangent for the fox. Did you find your quote? I love that. Um, it is not on the page that I thought it was. So. I will come back to it later. And that's okay. Um, yes. Uh, while they are out on the road, they get up and they get going again. And they hear, I believe, the sound of hooves coming up behind them. Yes. And this is sketchy AF. And I have right here, I think one of Sauron's minions um, are after Frodo and company. Um they, they, at first they suspect that it is Gandalf following them, but Frodo um, gets, I guess, I don't want to call it a premonition, but he gets just that, that um, intuitive feeling that something is amiss, and he tells everybody to scram and hide. And they do, and somebody um, dressed in black comes riding by on a black horse. Yes, and the writer, they yes. focus a lot on the fact that this black rider was sniffing for them, smelling for them like an animal yes. would. That's a very pointed thing that Tolkien's doing for us right after he's had a fox talk to us. Um, yes. Yeah. Kayla, the the song that you were thinking of, because Tolkien has it, again, another poem, and this one's not a song actually in the text. Uh, it's just a spoken uh -huh. poem, but it's The Road Goes Ever On and On Down From The Door Where It Began. Uh, it is a song in the movie. I'm going to spoil that for you. It is a song in the movie, and Bilbo sings okay. it. So, Wait, is it in The Hobbit as well, yes. like in the book? The road goes ever okay. on and on, down from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, and I must follow if I can. Yeah, from The Hobbit also. Ah, they put yes, it in there too. I recall so. that. The Black Rider and... 
um, Frodo has an important moment here with the ring. Um, his moment of panic, he wants to put the ring on and, um, that's very telling. So we're already seeing how, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The how... ring is manipulating him? Yes. Scary, I guess, is the best word that I have Influential, the ring can be. Yes. It's got, it's, it is starting to put down roots like a fast growing weed in, um, in Frodo's heart. Yes. And then Sam, after this encounter, tells us that his dad told him that the Black Rider is the person that Frodo overheard asking where they were going and where Frodo was. Yes. Yes. And at this point, they're like, um, something sketch as hell. We better, we best get to getting. Um, and then... At this point, they encounter some elves. You skipped ahead, Kayla. Yes. There's another song. I skipped. There's many another ahead. song, Kayla. Oh, <laughs> take it away, Audrey. Uh, there's another song, and um, I'm not going to sing it this time. This one's also in the movies, but in a different context, um, a less happy yes. context for sure. And uh, Tolkien just spent so many pages of this chapter describing them traveling and like what they're eating and what they're seeing on the countryside. Um, he loves his countryside so, so much. Um, yeah, but they hide again. And this is a second encounter with the black rider where Frodo feels like he wants to put the ring on, but the elves, as you mentioned, show up at this point and they show up with a song also because Tolkien loves songs. Yes. Can't emphasize that enough. Yes, yes, they, he loves a good song. But then we're on to the elves. So tell us about elves, Kayla. Um, they're beautiful. Yes, they are. They're very beautiful. Um, I said the elves are high elves on their way somewhere. Um, I guess I was not paying attention to what I was reading. <laughs> um, Frodo asks if they saw the Black Riders, and this seems to turn the situation to serious. So at first the elves want absolutely nothing to do with Frodo and company because quote, hobbits are of little interest to elves. Yes. That may be a paraphrase. No, that's pretty, that's pretty but, close to exactly what it said. But basically the elves hear this and they're like, oh fuck. Um, they, they suddenly become very interested in what the hobbits are doing. Um, Side note, Frodo says something to the elves here. Um, I have a note that it needs to be the, the sign-off for every episode. It says, may the stars shine on the end of your road. My translation says, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. That too. I love that we have different I like ones. Better. We have great different ones. They're yeah. so good. Uh, this is because Tolkien continued to refine Elvish, uh, which is a completely made up language, and there are two forms of it. There's Sindar Elvish and uh, Kenya Elvish. And <laughs> he continued to refine that because he's basically a linguist masquerading as a novelist right now. Um, and so in depending yes. on what printing you have of his books and what translation you have and whether or not his son Christopher worked on them, um, you might have a different translation of your Elvish. So enjoy that. Yours is a better sign-off, though. I like it. I like that one. I want that it's one. It's good. Uh, so one of the elves, the primary elf we encounter is Gildor. Yes. 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 Okay. You got it. Um, 
they all decide they're going to camp out with the, the elves are like, y'all need to come with us right now and we're going to camp and figure out what the heck is going on. So they do. They decide to make camp and while they are camped out, Gildor asks Frodo about his journey so far and Frodo asks him about the Black Riders and there's a little bit of a snailmate right here where neither of them is willing to give a straight answer before the other one answers. I insert a thought here of my own. I say elves are pretty to look at, but absolutely annoying to talk to. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that Tolkien gives off in this first encounter with them is that they are, he really leans on the gay as in the old English, um, like happy, delighted, jo joyful type thing as the description of elves. Yes. Um, they're very jolly. They're very frivolous. They, it's when Frodo's speaking elvish to them and stuff, they're basically like, oh, how cute and like laughing and stuff. Um, and then the minute that it turns to serious stuff, they're still like choosing their words. He really writes elves the way that um, fairies and fae in traditional European yes. mythologies, various mythologies are written as kind of this like trickstery people. Like they're extremely wise, but they're also extremely frivolous. Yeah. Yeah, so when I, I'm going to plug Get Grim real Please fast. Please do. But when I was going through the um, the Celtic mythology section of episodes, um, a lot of the research that I did said that the um, the Fae is where the inspiration for elves that comes is from correct. in a lot of places. Yeah. So, so I have a, like, I feel like I have a pretty good working knowledge of, like, what elves are and how they act and what they do. Um, like, broad brush strokes. That being said, um, Tolkien, being the man that he is, gives us many, many different versions of elves. It's true. And he kind of set the standard for elves in fantasy um, for the next at least yes. two to three decades after he wrote this. And also Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, which I mean, I'm including that because Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Yes. Uh, they straight up pull from Tolkien. Um, let's see. So there's two things that I wanted to note here while I was thinking about this. The first is... Yes, I have. Yeah, I have more. Stuff oh, I know you too. do. The Continue. first thing is that while they're meeting, um, Pippin gets taken to a really soft bed, but Sam refuses to leave Frodo. Um, they refer to Frodo as his master here. He literally curls up at Frodo's feet and falls asleep. And it's very cute. And then um, basically in the conversation that Frodo has with Sam. Gildor right afterwards, he refers to Sam as my faithful Sam. Um, so they're really setting up this relationship between Sam and Frodo, whether you're interpreting that as friendship or more than friendship. Um, it's, it's a deep bond. They both trust each other so much. Um, yes. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's more likened... Um, I think more of the vibe Tolkien may have been going for was a David and Jonathan situation. Well, depending, not that, not that depending in Christianity. On who you talk to. You say not that in Christianity they would depending acknowledge this. on who this, you talk to. But David and Jonathan also could be read as gay. Um, one of the things that I've read yes. about Tolkien's writings um, specifically is that Frodo and Sam are, are meant to be like brothers in arms. So they're not trained like soldiers, yes. but Tolkien coming off of his service in the war um, and the bonds that he forged, mm -hmm. the bonds of friendship that he forged with the other people in his company, um, that's kind of what he's going for with Frodo and Sam to my understanding is that it's it's a yes. friendship that other people might not understand and a friendship that's so close that it goes beyond words. Um, yeah, I just really like that he expresses a physicality in their friendship, um, like literally Sam sleeping at Frodo's yes. feet and stuff like that. Um, I just, it's so I sweet. like it and it's very sweet no matter how, how you read it, unless you read it as a yeah. classist thing, in which case, 
weird. So Gildor and Frodo continue to talk and uh, Frodo makes mention that, you know, we waited for Gandalf as long as we could. He said he was going to be back on a certain day, but at that point we couldn't hang around anymore. So we get going and Gildor's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Gandalf said he was going to be back and he's not back. And he is really alarmed that he hasn't made it back to the Shire at all. And after some more prodding from Frodo, um, Gildor tells him that he needs to basically um, bust a move to Rivendell as quickly as possible because the Black Riders are after him. And I basically, I think I sum- summarized like three and a half pages of conversation into that one little Well, paragraph. it's because I wrote but... down Gildor is a mysterious bastard. So like the whole conversation with him is just like evasiveness. Well. Well, and I feel, I feel like, um, I don't feel like, the book says something about how elves don't like to give advice. Go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. Exactly. And he is hemming and hawing, as we say down here in the South. Yes. He hems and haws over all of this. And finally, he's like, look, okay, I'll tell you, I can't tell you a lot. They're after you. Get to Rivendell. Yeah. They can protect you there. There's... There's something about Gandalf is supposed to meet up with them before they leave the Shire entirely. So they are still trampsing through the Shire. Yeah, he was supposed to meet them at Bag End and then Frodo decided that, well, we have to go. So now they're hoping he'll meet them at Crick Hollow. Yes. And that is basically where my, my, like, read-along notes end. And then at the end of every chapter, I've done a, here are my impressions on what has Mm -hmm. happened. So... My impressions of chapter three. The word I would use to describe this section is snappy. We get right to the point with everything. It moved much faster than chapter two did. And there were no me- nowhere near as many info dumps in this in this go as there were for um, chapter two. Yes. Um, it also stepped up the sense of suspense and urgency. I felt, um, I felt like the stakes were raised significantly with this chapter and i've also had this image of tolkien being a very wordy writer and bless but he is oh he is it's funny that you say Uh, snappy because i always think this chapter meanders so much especially with all the songs there's four of them there are four songs in this chapter alone and it's not that long like it's not that long of a chapter yes but if you pare down all of the songs and skip over them like i tend to do sometimes (laughs) For, for the sake of this podcast, I'm making sure that I read every single word of every single song. I appreciate it. That's great. Also, one I found time. the spot where it, it says, may the stars shine upon the end of your road. I was just looking at the wrong section. So our books yeah, are the same Yeah, I was thing. about to say, those are, those are in the same spots. It's like one's a meeting and one is a departure. You're right. You're right. Phrase. I do like it. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, this is a chapter where Tolkien just he capitalizes a lot of stuff to place importance on it. Enemy is capitalized. They're talking about the enemy. Yes. Um Frodo's talking about oh, sorry. Um Frodo's talking about um walking through the Shire and not expecting to encounter black riders and he's like can't a hobbit walk from the water to the river in peace and both water and river are capitalized. So it's just a lot of um yes. proper nouns that Tolkien's thrown at us here. And as we go on, we'll find that things have multiple names, so they're often capitalized like that. Yes. And um, given my reading of Aragon in the eighth grade, which was heavily influenced by Star both Wars, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, it's basically Star Wars set in the Shire. 
Um, yeah, it is. Hit, I was going somewhere with this thought. Based on your reading of that. The elves seem very The elves are very similar. The elves seem the elves are very similar. And Christopher Paolini took this is not going to the end. elves uh, that Tol- as Tolkien created them and then leaned completely into the like seriousness and the potential for grief that comes with yes. immortality and leaned into that versus mm-hmm. Tolkien being like, oh, they know yes. how to have fun still. That being said, all of like, yes, I called this chapter snappy, but it is, as you said, not a very long chapter and he gets right down to it. We have, I think this is some of the best work I've read so far. Um, I also have the Black Riders are ominous. Tolkien's at his best when he is able to uh, intersperse dialogue with his descriptions of the countryside. So I always enjoy reading conversations that he's written. Yeah, he does a good Um, job. And that's something that I think that when I was younger really um, made me like these books is the way that he does conversation um, and dialogue pieces because for a book – written in the style that it is written and in the time that it was written his dialogue pieces really move along and he doesn't like mince words he's saying what he means right even with Gildor being intentionally evasive and stuff it comes across that he's being evasive right so I I always enjoy his dialogue I have the black riders are ominous and I've got a sneaking suspicion that Frodo is going to fuck up and put on the ring I don't know after this election cycle if i can handle that kind of anxiety so early in the book <laughs> well i i also have to note i also have to note that while i was reading this chapter and writing these notes down was when i got the news um that the election had been called wow so that's i mean that's tense that's, like uh, i i wrote i wrote this right before i got the news well i'm not going to confirm or deny whether or not frodo fucks up and puts on the ring he has to to like, further the story, I feel like it right? Has to. Yes, it, it's going to happen at some point. It may not be this book, but it's coming. Um, so I'm making a strong prediction there. I say we also see what I'm going to call the squad forming. You have Pip and Sam um, and Frodo right now. Yes, um, I'm pretty. Oh, and I have in parentheses. I'm pretty sure this is the fellowship from the title. Um, hopefully, Gandalf shows up soon and. That's where I, I was will at tell you the titles of each book are name dropped in the books, as is the Lord of the Ring, um, is name dropped in these books. You're not gonna yes. find the title name dropped in this one until we're over halfway through it. And I know that there are some dwarves and some humans involved, and we acquire a few elf buddies as well. But I've started calling them. Um, Frodo and Company or The Squad with a capital I like S. it. I think it's snappy. I think it's fun. I think it's great. But Oh, oh, The Shire Squad. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Yeah, but that brings us to the end of yes. chapter three. So you've got some solid predictions yes. for the next chapter. I think that it'll be, it'll be yes. good. It'll be fun. I'm not going to comment on those predictions. So. As you should not. I want to preserve this experience because... for you. Yes. I only, you only get your first time once, Audrey. Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all we have for you. Uh, We're Mordor She Wrote on Twitter and Instagram. And I think we have an email, Mordor She Wrote Pod at Gmail. I don't remember. We'll figure it out. 
I don't either. Uh, but tweet at us. We have to. Uh, follow us on social media for the latest episode updates and all the stuff that we say that we're going to put on social media that we will yes. eventually put on social media. There's just going to be a huge ass dump of everything on all of the channels. I mean, at I, one time. I took a lot of photos in New Zealand <laughs> and I own so much Tolkien memorabilia. <laughs> so. Yes. Audrey just wants to show off her honeymoon. It's pictures. totally true. And I also want to show off Which she this should. copy. So I'm reading my copy of Fellowship of the Ring that I got when I was um, when I turned eleven. And it is worn as hell. And I have yeah. like underlining and notes all over it. And uh, so I'm just I'm just excited. I love this series. As well you should. Um Mine I got secondhand at Second and Charles, which is a adjacent to Books a Million. Very nice. And I write my notes in my fun Celtic tree. I journal. was gonna say our journals I think are pretty similar. I'll have to post a picture of mine too. I'm getting to the end of mine. I don't think yes. it's gonna carry me through the entirety of fellowship. Um, I was worried that this one is definitely not going to last the whole book because of the sheer amount of notes that I write down, which is fine. I mean, mine was already half people full nice. and it's a pretty small notebook. So like, I'm fine. I have a whole bunch. I have a stockpile of journals. So like, I'll just pick up another one. No big deal. You really do. It's true. Um, so. So say the new sign off. May the stars. Yes. May the stars shine on the end of your road. I love it.